Content Warnings for Christianity, Homophobia, and Transphobia GE is a bisexual man who used to be a conspiracy theorist and managed to pull himself out of the wacky world of young earth creationism with the power of love. At the point of recording, he is fresh out of NS and about to enter university. In this interview, he discusses his experiences growing up in conservative Christian environments, the echo chamber of a cell group environment, and learning to become more open-minded despite that. This is the oral history of GE um, and his experience as a queer person in Singapore. So to start with, do I have your consent for this interview? Yes. Okay, so when did you realize that you were queer? Uh, I realized I was bisexual when I was uh, 16, I guess, because I came from an all-boys school in Singapore, and uh, I was also a boy. Then I was like, well, what, what, I, I had a crush on one of the guys back there, because I, I thought he had a nice... Uh, I mean, he, had, he, he used a very nice shampoo, I guess, so the, the, the aroma was very nice. Yeah, then I, 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 I had a crush with him out, yeah. Yeah, that, that was when I, was, I realized that I was yeah, bisexual. Yeah, I, like, I like both. Okay, yeah, so what was it like? Uh, I guess it was scary, I guess, because I used to, before, before I realized before I was queer, like, there's a long period of time where I grew up as a Christian. I was a very conservative, I grew up from a very conservative uh, background, and I was also quite homophobic myself. Also, uh, that was like when I was in, I guess, lower sec, like sec one, sec two, because I, I went to this uh, very, uh, I knew this church in Woodlands that then the cell group in the church was particularly quite bigoted. That they will say things like uh like how how like you know like being a gay 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 sinful, like gay people go to heaven, that kind of stuff. And then and also like and they were dispute that gay being gay is like not natural, that it's against the natural order of the world, it's a sickness, it's all kind of stuff like that. And I bought into a lot of the stuff because then I was uh at that age. And uh yeah, then it, it took me like, because my family uh, migrated to New Zealand, ironically because my dad wanted to study theology there. And when I was in New Zealand, which is a more liberal environment, I guess, more progressive environment, I broke out of the echo chamber. So that's when I realized that also gay is fine to be like gay. And then when I came back to Singapore in, when I was sec 3, so I was gone in New Zealand for the entire sec 2, my sec 2, uh, 14 years old at that time. Then I came back when I was 15, then I realized it was fine. And then I realized I was gay when I was set four. So yeah. Mm. Okay, so can you describe um what being bisexual in all boys school is like? Uh I guess okay for I because I only realized it towards the end of the my sec four year. So I, it didn't really affect me too much. I was also like confused uh, worried about A levels, but I was definitely uh, worried about O levels. Was definitely more concerning when, when I was in, for example, like army, which is also like all male environment, also um, or at least mostly male environment, and uh, I do like be used to like people saying like kind of like even like people who are considered my friends to be saying like kind of bigoted stuff, like saying things like oh trans people are just uh, are sick or like bisexual people they don't know how to choose they're just greedy, and then I'm like. I, I I try to like defend defend my view, but you know, way that comes off like I'm just an ally, you know. I'm just like okay, I I am sympathetic to the cause without being I'm actually the cause. 
so it's a bit hurtful. Like you feel like you can never be yourself around uh your friends or people who think you're who think who think you are their friends. Yeah. Okay, so could you elaborate more on how uh your family raised you? I guess. Family, I, I guess my I don't have the best relationship with my family. Uh, I guess my uh, uh, when I was very young, I was very close to my mom. I was very attached to my mom, and my dad wasn't really. My dad was very busy at work. But then, uh, after he changed jobs, then he became more, more present. Yeah, and then uh, it was still a bit tougher because my mom, my mom is very, uh, my mom cares for me a lot, but in a way that can be quite overbearing. She's a bit of a helicopter parent, and then because of that, she also gets a bit possessive, I guess, about how to live my life, which is why I haven't, I haven't, I haven't come out to her or any of my family yet. Uh. I guess, yeah, so my parents were, I guess, kind of strict, I guess, yeah, and then it, it didn't give me a lot of freedom when I was young, like, I couldn't, like, go out to, I couldn't, like, because I thought I was straight, so I thought, like, oh, I can't, you can't go out on uh, with girls, I can't even go out in a group with girls unless it's, like, the Christian group, for example, which I thought was quite dumb, and I still think it's quite dumb, yeah, then, yeah, so they were, they're just very a bit possessive. I feel of me, you know, like how how I couldn't really choose how to live my life, yeah, or how to express myself, yeah. The, that caused a lot of conflict during my teenage years. Then, but as I grew older now, I think things are more chill now. They're giving me a bit more space, which is good. Uh, but I probably still won't come out to them. Yeah. And what's your church environment like? Uh, okay, so I no longer go to the church. I don't go to any church anymore. I stopped going since I was in. Uh, and I was for yeah, so going since then because uh, but that church environment was that church was practically bad. Uh, it was an evangelical church in Woodlands, and uh, okay, I won't say the church was bad. I say the the cell group itself was bad. It was run by this uh young adult man who I guess was about twenty twenty five at that time, and I was like thirteen fourteen, and then he was in charge of our small youth group about maybe ten kids, and then he had very radical views like even in Singapore these views are pretty radical like you believe in like uh, for example young earth creationism which is like the belief that the earth is only 6,000 years old he also believed that evolution was a lie and that, they, and that the fossils were like for example left over from the supposed great flood in like 5,000 years ago with Noah or that he believed that the time of coming is coming soon because like I don't know a war in Jerusalem is being built or something like that yeah some really dumb stuff uh, like a lot of doomsday theory a lot of like a lot of fear mongering. There was a lot of like, or like Halloween is dangerous. It's like people celebrating Satan or things like, oh, Singapore allowing like more being tolerant to you know, gay people is so bad. It shows like influence of the devil. Then there's always a lot of victimization of, of Christians. We always believe that, oh, we are the persecuted ones. I remember having this like debate with my with the cell group leader's uh, fiance. Yeah, his fiance. And then she was like, actually, the only reason why Christians get so upset about this is because gay people are interfering with our freedom of religion. And I'm like, no, that's not. That's not true at all. Yeah, but I feel that's the more the problem with the interpretation of the faith rather than the faith itself. Because I myself felt there was a lot of uh, it's a bit hypocritical. Yeah, a lot. One of the stories I enjoyed most from the Bible was the story about the Pharisees and how Jesus said that the Pharisees were too concerned with like the the 
the how the law is written rather than the spirit of the law itself. And the spirit of the law is to be kind and to be non-judgmental and to understand people from different backgrounds and not to like put judgment onto them, which is what I felt uh, the the church was doing to like gay people or people who like didn't uh are non-religious people. So yeah, I did not enjoy the that that church that cell group in particular. Yeah. Um what was it like leaving your church then? It was hard. It was hard because yeah. I didn't have I didn't have a lot of uh, friends when I was in secondary school. I uh I had like very and most of my friends were from that church in particular. So it was hard for me to like break it off. But I realized it was a lot. Like, even if the, the, the like my cell group friends, I thought they were yeah, I thought they were nice people. But the I felt the environment the things they were teaching were things I didn't agree with. Things that were yeah. So I it was hard I had to break it off. I I, I just I just I, I remember like. What's happening? The church leader saying like, "Hey, I really enjoyed the com- the the friendship and the comradeship we had, but I just I don't think this is for me. I need some time to figure out whether Christianity is the path I want to take." And they were, I guess, they were quite shocked and disappointed because I used to be very a very outspoken like pro Christian kind of guy, very conservative. But then I had this like one eighty after uh coming back from New Zealand. So yeah. It was, it was tough because uh, I, 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 met, I met a lot of friends there and then like it, it was t- tough leaving like a big support group in my life yeah I don't think I came out to most uh, most people I didn't come out to I came out to one girl and then she was like because she also struggled with things like that and she also felt that she was also uh, bisexual so but then the she decided that she, her way she wanted to deal with it was to like try to what's her way of putting I guess she put her faith before her. It's like she decided to like she she wanted to be a good Christian and to be a good Christian, she decided not to act on those feelings and not to pursue her uh, romantic feelings. Yeah. Okay, so could you elaborate more on what your one like complete one eighty was like? Hmm. This is always like quite an interesting experience because like now every time I see a lot of this like hateful like discord hateful uh groups like over the internet you know all these like very people who are so far down like the conspiracy the conspiracy uh conspiracy loophole and then i'm like i used to be one of those people i always wonder like how did i manage to break myself out of it was it just like because i stopped going to that church because i my family left to uh, migrated to that country was like breaking out of the echo chamber enough or is it because i met i met a lot of like uh, diverse backgrounds in uh, New Zealand and people I, I, I guess it wasn't like overnight thing it took like at, at least a year in New Zealand and even after I came back I was like more tolerant but I still wasn't like completely converted then I guess, I guess like uh, just like yes but I guess that was the starting point just like picking out the echo chamber and like hearing uh, different viewpoints make me start questioning things for myself I guess yeah and I was like the cause uh, my church actually showed this uh this play called uh, the Le Le Miseras, which is a very popular play as well as a lot of Christian teams inside, and I actually really enjoyed the play a lot because I felt that it really captures what the spirit of Christianity should be is that people like to to love the other person to see the face of God. It's not to be concerned about the letter of the law, you know, like the law should be kind and uh, generous. You shouldn't like just hunt people down because they did something wrong. You should learn to like forgive them, and it's like. I felt that this grace and mercy that the church was encouraging was not being reflected in the practice of like being accepting towards other people of different religious backgrounds and different social beliefs. So, yeah, and that, that was, I felt there's a bit of hypocrisy in there. Yeah. 
then same with the whole uh like for example i i know like jesus like for example criticized the a lot because you're concerned that people like for example not respecting the sabbath like working on the sabbath or like doing things like committing adultery or being unfaithful and then jesus felt that the pharisees were concerned like obeying the rule of the law like oh if they do not obey the sabbath they need to be stoned to death or they need to of a woman is like unfaithful to husband she needs to be stoned to death but jesus didn't see it that way jesus saw it as these people are should be should, should be treated with compassion and not be treated harshly because uh cause god loves the law yeah so that, that was when i realized that the way the church practice was not how I thought the church should be. Uh, what the church preached is not the way they were practicing. So that's what started off the distancing. And then after that, I sort of lost faith in like the Christianity as a whole. Like I, I felt, cause I remember my church promoted a lot of the, a lot of pseudoscience theories, things I know, young of creationism. And that made me realize they were basically like indoctrinating me into like a whole false, false systems of belief that had really had no evidence for and i felt like quite dumb out honestly yeah because i used to be a strong promoter of these theories or so and i really and that really caused me to like break off a trick because i felt there was like no evidence for christianity and then like even though christianity still has some good messages in its purest form i felt that it wasn't for me yeah and that's why i left yeah so that's what caused the 180 and then when i was stopped going to church i just i felt free to pursue what i believe in now and i believe in like uh, equality for like between uh, same-sex couples and uh, heterosexual couples, and then yeah, and then after that, I realized it was good. yeah. Uh, could you describe how the church created this sort of echo chamber? Oh, the church. I guess okay. It, it was an echo chamber because like the the leaders were the one promoting the theories. Like the in the in the church setting, we have this thing called cell groups, which is under the youth ministry. A cell group comprises like. 10 to 12 uh, children, uh, like young uh, teenagers, I guess, in a cell group. And these cell groups will be led by two senior leaders, like about many young adults, about 20 years old, yeah. And then they'll be, and then what they'll do is they'll have organized a lot of like these Bible study sessions and they'll like promote their views through these Bible study sessions. Like they'll take this very like obscure, old, archaic, uh, Old Testament law in like maybe uh every, like uh Moses like the, the in the in what's it called? Lactivicus, yeah, Lactivicus. And then we say, Oh, because of this, then like it shows that uh homosexuality is wrong. But even though in the same passage in Lactivicus it says that for example you can't eat like certain kinds of meat, for example, the Christians do definitely do. Yeah. Or for example they even have what what the cell group, the youth ministry that my church had to do was they include a lot of pseudoscience theories into to like provide some like layer of legitimacy into it uh into like Christianity. You say things like, oh actually, for example, uh the earth is really six thousand years old. Why? Because even scientists admit that carbon dating is not accurate. Now like okay, which is I guess is like yeah, carbon dating is not fully infallible, but it's not off by like billions of years. It's off by like maybe a few thousand years. And in the grand scale of like a billion years or like eons years old, it won't make, it's not a natural difference. The earth is actually not 6,000 years old. Yeah. And then the, and it's true this like, yeah, incorporate, I think they call it apologetics. Apologetics is where Christians try to use so-called secular logic to promote, to prove Christianity. Which is, I think, inherently flawed uh, because if the whole thing about religion is you need faith to believe, and faith is built around, uh, like the absence of evidence. Uh, you you you're not supposed to need evidence to believe. So any evidence you come up to try to prove God is never going to work out. Yeah, 
So that, that's how they did it. And the reason why I think I was so attracted because they think they, how to say, because I did, as I mentioned, I think I have a lot of friends outside of the church. So like I wanted to have a lot of like approval among my peers, I guess. So I really went in like full conspiracy theory into a lot of things, yeah. So I guess it was desire for acceptance among the community, which is why there was this echo chamber, yeah. And, and could you describe what your experience in New Zealand was like? Uh, I guess I, actually, I went to a different church in New Zealand. I went to a Presbyterian church. And my experience was there were, they were more, they're a lot more chill, I guess. They're a lot more about, their cell groups are legitimately about just hanging out and like uh, talking about, yeah, I guess being like, it's just a more chill setting, I guess. Yeah, they're more interested in like the comradeship rather than like reading the Bible in that. Yeah, and that's why I get. I guess I felt. I guess I enjoyed that a lot more. Yeah, because it was like it was less like, oh, I had to you had to understand the Bible to be smart and be a true Christian. It was more like, no, you're just a Christian because you enjoy the faith and then you uh you believe in the message of comp of comp of uh, compassion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so th that, that's my experience in New Zealand. Then I also went to a international school in New Zealand, and the school was a uh, a much more progressive. Yeah, their their sex ed class actually like said like actually because at that time I think New Zealand just recently passed like gay marriage, and then I was like basically like people a lot more open minded in New Zealand. Yeah, and then I was like I remember being like asking my friend like what they thought gay marriage. She said it was fine. Then I was like being I was so shocked because I did. That was like totally different from like my my point of view. Yeah. And I, I guess I just like I was so stunned that I didn't really argue against it. But then slowly I guess I realized that I met different people there. I realized that they were actually like, you know, people from different backgrounds can be quite chill also. Yeah. So and that's how I realized that, you know, you don't have to be so radical, you don't have to be so hateful towards other other communities to grow your own uh, religion, to grow your own faith. You know, you can things can be grown out of your compassion and your uh to forming uh bonds with other people. Yeah. So you said about your direct family. So mm. what about your extended family, like your relatives? Were they also part of your church environment? Uh, my extended relatives, they went to a different church. They went to a Methodist church. Uh, I guess it's still, yeah, I'm not out to them also. Cause I'm not even out to my intermediate family. Yeah, but. I guess they they are also uh they are also very devout Christians, but they are devout in a different way. I guess like especially my grandparents, they kind of built their entire identity around Christianity, and like they are very very devout. They are not they are devout in a way that they will they will every single thing they try to relate back to the goodness of God, and it's like it's difficult to form a relationship with someone like that, especially when you don't believe in that God. But, uh, but like in essence, it's not very. It's not very easy to form a relationship with someone where they are just obsessed about one thing, you know. Like you know, the one person who makes uh, uh this thing like his entire identity. It's like very hard to connect with that person. Yeah, because every single conversation, uh, uh, conversation they will have, they will turn it to the goodness of God. Like for example, my granddad had his birthday recently. Then my dad gave him like a clock that was wrapped out of wrapping paper, and then like. It's obviously a clock because like it's clock shape. And then my granddad was like, oh, okay, I'm guessing this is a clock. Then I was like, oh, it's a clock. It's like, yes, you know how I know? Because God told me. Then I'm like, I don't think God told you. I think you just made a very educated guess about what was inside a clock shape, a uh, wrapping paper. Yeah. Or like, so kind of stuff like that. Or you're like, say like, talk about past experiences and talk about how past experiences show the glory of God, for example. Or like, 
for example, like me, my my I remember my grandma told me this story about how like one of her relatives was like chasing her for money, and then another relative so so happened to come by and give her some money. Then she could like pass it on. Then she said it was like a sign from God, which is I guess fine. I guess like you know like you can have your own belief system, but it's very hard to form a relationship with you where every, literally every single minute. Or the only thing you're talking about is like you're just a invention. You just you're just preaching to every, every preaching every single minute. So it's like it's, I can't really form a connection. You're not not really interested into knowing me as a person. You're just interested in like pushing on your religion onto me, which is not, which is like it, it's not an equal relationship. Ah, it's it's hard to form any meaningful connection that we, yeah. But I mean they are pretty old, ah, so like I I I don't really I don't I don't expect them to change anytime soon. So. What's your NX experience like? Uh, I guess my NX experience was okay. So in like in Singapore, like if you're barrack, if you're like gay or bisexual, so supposed to declare it. But obviously, I didn't because I was like I didn't want to be blacklisted, which was like I get. I guess it's kind of a thing. I guess I know if you're like you declare that you're homosexual, or even you're bisexual, I don't think you can get married in Singapore after that. Yeah. And then the and then if you declare your gay, they'll post you to like a you automatically become a pesky because you're less fit to serve the nation. But uh, I mean, I which I feel is not not fair. Like I mean, I there are a lot of guys in my camp, but I was never attracted to any of them. Like, you know, we just kind of did our own thing. So yeah, I, like just because I'm gay doesn't mean that I can't keep it in my pants. You know, like I, I know it work is work. Uh, I'll, I'll be. I I don't I don't I don't understand why the uh, the idea that every gay people inside the NS would make people I mean I'm sure it would make like un, uh, homophobic people uncomfortable but like there's no real uh proof behind it yeah and then I guess the army experience was like quite I get I don't I don't like the institution of army but I do respect a lot of people who work inside it I feel there are, there are a lot of people who are a lot of like senior leaders who are generally like quite compassionate, they do care about the men. It's just that the system is generally a bit flawed and quite inefficient. Yeah, and, and as as I mentioned, uh, it's not a very it's not a particularly queer friendly environment. There's a lot of a lot of uh bigoted opinions uh, like as I said, as I said about like people who think like like for example like trans people are legitimately mentally ill or they think that or like uh there's no such thing as like bisexuality or like gay people are, so there's something wrong with them also. But actually, there are quite, quite a number of uh, liberal, like young people in army also. There are a lot of people who just think that, oh, okay, you do you kind of thing, yeah. But with that said, I never came out to any of them because like, uh, they, they, it, it, it doesn't feel safe to come out in army, you know, because like a lot, there are a lot of, oh, there's also like some like homophobic people that I don't think will be particularly understanding also, yeah. But there are some uh, liberal, more liberal people inside, which is nice, yeah. But even to them, I didn't come out because you know things spreads fast inside camp, yeah. So. It's better to be closer to yeah. So have you come out to anyone then? Uh okay, hang on, I need to check something here. Yeah. Uh yes, I came out to some of my JC friends who JC friends who I knew were quite chill with the whole LGBT thing. Uh yeah, and then I so I so met a lot of uh LGBT folk in JC. I don't know why, I just it seems like all the a lot a lot of my friends are queer friends so like uh, there's a joke that all my, my entire friend circle was just like one LGBT acronym because I have a lesbian friend, I have a bisexual friend, which is myself, I have a gay friend, I have a trans friend. So it's like, yeah, it's like really all gay people somehow just know how to find each other, which is a, I guess it's a nice thing, I guess, yeah. 
maybe because I, I went for debate CCA and debate is generally a more progressive CCA, I, I feel. Uh, yeah. That the ideas are more a lot more liberal over there. Yeah. So that's really how I was able to meet more people from similar backgrounds. And with them I felt comfortable coming out. But with that said, I did not come out to a lot of people. I just came out with people who either were gay or like part of the LGBT who either were queer or they were, I knew they were like confirmed 100% okay with it. Yeah, and I knew they wouldn't spread it to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then uh, what was your JC experience like? Okay. So I went to a Christian school. Yeah. And then the, and likewise, uh, the Christian school, some of the messages aren't the most progressive. Like, I mean, uh, for even in like GP class, our teacher had a, uh, had this uh poll about sec, uh, sec, uh about three seven seven a yeah and then he was like who who will support this poll they're like about only fifty percent of the class supported it that's how very disheartening because it, it it felt like only like half of the class would truly like respect me for who I am you know like uh, half of the class thinks that what I'm who I am is a is a crime it's not it's not something they want in Singapore which I felt was quite sad yeah and uh, disappointing yeah because yeah a lot of the, the school has a lot of very strong, uh, very passionate uh, Christian beliefs, yeah. It's supported by the Methodist institution, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, so, but I guess there are, well, there are some, some students are liberal, but also, I think the teachers are so quite liberal. It's just that the, because the Methodist church supports a lot of the programs, so like your sex ed, for example, is never going to include like, things like homosexual about what gay people are much which I guess is preferable to them like saying bad stuff about Christian, about about us I get about queer people in general I guess so I, but at the same time it'd be nice is that people actually understood the queer experience you know like what it's like like oh no this is a choice you know this is just who I am you know it's not like it's not uh it's not to like stick it up to your religion you know it's just this is just who I am there's a lot of uh, of my a lot of my queer friends in JC were actually uh, quite, quite, uh, quite devout Christians or Catholics as well. Yeah, which I thought was quite uh, interesting and like quite good for them. Uh, they were able to uh, tie their faith and their sexuality together. Well, I, for me, I couldn't do that, but if they could do it, then uh, more power to them. What does your community look like now? As in the queer community or like just like my community in general? Your personal circle of friends. Oh, personal circle of friends. Uh, I guess I, my closest friends are definitely the ones that I'm out to. So like two of my closest friends are, are both are from JC and both of them are also, uh, both of them are gay and one of them is trans. So, so yeah. And then it's, uh, yeah, those, those are my closest friends. Uh, those are people who are like, I would, uh, like, I, I would be very open and very, uh, I'm probably the most, uh, uh, Closest with yeah, definitely there. Yeah, those are, those two are like closest. Then I also have friends who are I know they're chill, but I'm not out to them yet, just because they might uh know some people who aren't chill and they might not be they might not be able to keep this keep the secret within themselves. Yeah. So but yeah, main, so mainly I guess my my circle of friends is people who very few who a select few who I know are trustworthy enough, and then I'm out to them, and then to them who like. You know, I'm, I, I, they, they, they are not openly homophobic, so I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll, I can hang out with them. So. What do you think your future looks like? As in, like, career-wise or like friendship-wise? Or... Like, as a person. Is it? My future, I'm not really sure, honestly. Like, I guess as a bisexual, I, 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 I kind of like, 
I would say I, I kind of like I I kind of feel like I can't I can't ever date a guy or at least I can't I can't ever date a guy with my parents approval. So if I do end up dating a guy, I would have to like either move out of the country, move to a more progressive country. Yeah. So that's that's my take on it. But at the same time, like I, a lot of my financial support is with my parents, for example. Yeah. And then it's like it's gonna be a bit hard. Uh. So if I were to truly explore like my sexuality as a whole, I would probably have to. I have to wait until I'm more financially independent on my own. Yeah, is uh, I, I guess is yeah. So that's that's kind of yeah. Well, I I'm not sure if I'll ever come up to my parents. I nearly came up to my parents in JC because our Chinese teacher asked us to make up make a letter to them. I wanted to, I I wrote I wrote this very uh deep letter, but I couldn't send it to them in the end because it was like too too personal. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. I, in hindsight, it probably was for the best. I didn't send it to them. I don't. I, I still don't think they will be very understanding about uh, about who I am. Yeah, so it might cause a rift in the relationship. And like currently, right now, my uh, me and my parents are in a much better place than we were years ago. And I'm kind of scared of like you know reversing progress in that. Like you know, we're in such a good place right now. You know, it's gonna be quite hard to like like it's it, like how to say like sometimes it's just easier to, easier to be closeted and like you know as a bisexual, I guess it's not. The worst, like, so you can, like, so you can date, uh, date half of half of my love interest. But I say at the same time, like, there's there's some people who are love to date, but it's kind of hard to, to instigate something because, like, you know, I know my, I won't have my family approval behind it. So yeah. So what do you know about queer history? Uh, guess not. But not so. I don't know that much about like Asian side queer history. I do. I do know about more. About like the like the Stonewall white so the Stonewall protests for example I think I think of that nature, and then how how people fought for the the recognition of like same sex couples and I'm I guess a more interesting kind of affairs like I see countries like Taiwan being more progressive they allow things like your civil marriage is a thing that hopefully I hope can be in my lifetime in Singapore I I sincerely doubt that Singapore would ever. Uh, whatever recognized gay marriage as a legal legal standing as same as like a traditional marriage or traditional or straight marriage, I guess. So I guess I'm just hoping for like more progressive times, I guess. But in terms of queer history, not that much. I guess they, uh, it's more for my own like readings about like the Stonewall stuff and like how. People, I guess it's a lot of it is quite uh America centric because a lot of America is one of the more recent cases where the Supreme Court ruled that gay marriage was a fundamental right, which was a good thing for them. I guess yeah, hopefully it will lead the path to more uh, recognition. Yeah. Just thinking about everything you've said, um, reflecting on your life. So how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself as like a person? Yeah. Mm, I guess I'm someone who has. I'm glad it has grown. Like I'm glad I'm no longer the same uh, conspiracy nut that I was in like uh, secondary one. Yeah, and I I I hope that I continue to grow. Up. Like I think I think that is my biggest strength of myself that I'm able to. Uh, yeah, I'm. I always, I guess I'm kind of a skeptic by nature. I can I, I like to question stuff. I like to like grow and like learn learn more about the world, and, like different opinions. You know. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's what I think of myself. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure. I guess I, I hope that one day I can be truly be like my true self to like my family and like my friends without having to hide 
right? I'm not sure whether that's a realistic expectation. Like, I feel like the realist in me is like, you know, I probably have to take this either to like, definitely not, uh, my parents would probably never find out about this, uh, about who I truly am, which is a bit sad, but you know, that, that, that's what life is about. Okay, so is there anything else you'd like to say for the record? Uh, no, not really, but uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, then with that, I'll end this interview. Right, thank, thank you so you. much for yeah. taking part in this.